0: Um, the recent docudrama called Bad Boy Billionaires on Netflix. I don't know how many of you watched it, uh, but if you watched it, it tells the familiar stories of three famous Indian businessmen, uh, Vijay Mallya, uh Nirav Modi and uh, Subrato Roy from Sahara. And uh, the, it talks about how these famous businessmen, uh, how they fell from their state of success. The New Indian Express Uh, The newspaper uh, reviewing the show says they are all shown to be visionaries with copious doses of flamboyance, greed and megalomania. They all seem to have fashioned their personal auras to mirror the dreams of their customers. In other words, at their peak, they became the epitome of the dreams that their customers chase. People looked at them and they're like, "Wow! I want to be that guy. I want to be as successful as that guy uh, someday. That that larger than life uh, lifestyle, uh, that uh, that constant spotlight on them. They were they were through. They were all uh, over the news uh, print and uh, electronic media. Now, in all the three cases, what what was very clear and apparent that it was not the lack of money that did them in they had the funds they had the funds to pay back the debt but it was more uh, about their own personal image they couldn't be seen as failures they couldn't uh, handle falling off the pedestal that they themselves and the people around them have built for them in many ways this is representative of our own struggle uh, that that uh, we we go through each and every day. Probably not at that level, but each of us do enjoy being in the spotlight. Each of us do enjoy leading that life that others look up to and admire and and uh, and uh, praise. And uh, anything that tends to sort of threaten that, we can't take it. We 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 struggle to handle it when we come off this pedestals, probably not the big ones, but even the small ones that we build for our own selves. We struggle being insignificant in life. Now, that's why we're looking at a very famous phrase in the Bible today. If, you, if you've seen uh, the sermon poster, you would have seen it. It's a very famous phrase uh, used by a person called John the Baptist. I'll give you a little more about him. He's talking about Jesus and he says, he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. Now, who was John the Baptist? He was a forerunner to Jesus. He was the one who introduced Jesus, the person of Jesus, to the world. He was his first witness. To give a little more context, the Bible is divided into two parts the Old Testament and the New Testament. John the Baptist was like this bridge figure between the Old Testament and the New Testament. After the Old Testament, God for 400 years did not speak to his nation Israel. Before Jesus came and how did that silence break after 400 years? God sends John the Baptist to introduce the world to Jesus and welcome everyone to, uh, to experience uh, and uh, into the kingdom of Jesus. Now, John was doing amazing. He was doing his best. He was, he was preaching the gospel of repentance and he had many followers flocking and he had many disciples and he gains all these followers and, and what, what does he do with them? He points them to Jesus. He says, look, he is the one. He is the lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. He is the savior and, and he points everyone and even sends people to follow Jesus. Now, there was this one point when everyone was going to Jesus and John's disciples were like, hey, what's happening? And they go and ask him, hey, everyone's going to him. Everyone is going to him. What's happening? This is what John says in response. Uh, This this is happening from the book of John. Uh, The book of John is written by another person called John. It is not the character that we're talking about. And uh, this is how John the Baptist responds to his followers who come and ask him, everyone is going to him. What is happening? And this is how, this is what he says. He says, you yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He must increase, but I must decrease. Says you yourselves, bear me witness what is that witness we'll talk uh, we'll talk a little about that in the talk today allow me to just uh, pray before we start the talk father i pray uh, that this morning uh, you will calm my own heart uh, even as i speak and bring this word that you have laid on my heart lord you know my own struggles and my own inadequacies uh, you know how much uh, more than anyone else, how much I need this message for my own heart. So, Lord, would you would you uh, help me speak from that place of of uh, of being repentant uh, and being vulnerable? And I pray that everyone who hears today will be able to experience and see the joy of us decreasing and jesus increasing in our lives speak to us holy spirit in your name we pray jesus amen amen now here's um the framework for the talk it's an easy framework uh, for you to remember first we're going to be looking at uh overall we're going to be looking at two things the first thing is how we must decrease under that we'll be see we'll be seeing two things We decrease by seeing and showing the first thing, who we are not. And the second thing, who we actually are. So the first point is, we decrease by seeing and showing who we are not. And the second thing is, we decrease by seeing and showing who we actually are. And then we'll end with um, how Jesus makes this decreasing possible. Is is everyone uh, on the same page? Thank you. Let's let's dive straight in. How we must decrease. The first thing we're going to be looking at is we decrease by seeing and showing who we are not. Now we see in the passage when these disciples come and ask him, Hey, everyone's going to Christ. What's happening? John responds. In a very strange way, he says first, "You bear me witness when I said I am not the Christ." What is this witness that he's talking about? In 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 John chapter one, uh, when when John is at the peak of his ministry, he's he's doing amazing. Many followers are coming; they are repenting, and and he's baptizing everyone. These these religious leaders send people to John to ask him, "Hey, who are you? What is happening?" And during that time, John witnesses to Christ. What happens there is uh, when when people come and ask him who you are uh, in John chapter one, verse 19, it says, now this was John's testimony when Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Messiah. I am not Christ. Now, during this time, if we see it in context, people were eagerly waiting for the promised Messiah. There was a 400 period of silence, 400 year period of silence. And uh, when God didn't speak through any of the prophets, but John was chosen by God to reveal Christ to the world. And he did an exceptionally good job of that. And when he was at the peak of his life, When people were asking, who are you? He begins by saying that he wasn't Christ the Messiah. Why do we need to do that? Why do we in our context and culture today need to do that? Tell people that we are not the Messiah. We are not the saviors. It is not that we are going around and telling everyone, hey, I am the Messiah. I'm going to save your life. It's not that we're doing that, but if we actually look deeper, our sinfulness makes us want to be the people's Messiah, their savior. We want people to run to us when they are in trouble. We enjoy being needed by people. We, we take pride when people come to us and we, we, we are able to help them. Times, uh, times when, especially people in my life, uh, I don't know how this plays out in your life, but in my life, when people in my life, especially, uh, my wife, uh, when, when they are in trouble and they don't seem to come to me and they're processing this by themselves and probably with some others, I get furious in that moment, a very small, part might be with good reason, but the most part it is because I feel, Hey, they don't need me. They are not coming to me. I am not their savior. I am not able to save them from this problems. We see that even in this passage, John clearly tells everyone that he is not the Messiah, but when people are actually going to Christ and following him, his disciples come to him and ask, Hey, what is happening? Why is everyone going to him? John again has to reiterate, I am not the Messiah. How does this thing play out in our lives? We are, we probably not going around telling everyone that, Hey, come to me. I will save you. But deep inside our hearts, we long to be the people that people in our life run to. We long and desire to be needed. Why is it important for us to see and show the world that we are not the Messiah, that we are not the Savior? It is important because if we truly reflect on how we live our lives as followers of Jesus, John says that he may increase and I must decrease. But if we truly reflect on how we live our lives, how I live my life is may I increase, and when the world sees me increase, they will see you. Does that sound familiar? May I increase, help me increase, and when the world sees me increase, they'll see you or I'll show you to them. As Christians, we 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 tend to want to live these sorted prosperous lives of abundant blessing where people should look at us and say, Hey, I want that kind of life. I, I've grown up uh, the whole my whole childhood. I've grown up with the thing saying, Hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. When people look at me, they need to see this sorted guy. They need to see me as a guy who who has the ability to fix their problems, as the guy who who's, who sort of has the answers to all the dilemmas of life. Don't we live, don't you want to live our Christian lives like that? When we live a life like that, when we say, may I increase, and when I increase, then and, and people will look at you. Firstly, we will crumble under the pressure because we will never be able to live a sorted life that is a perfect replica of Christ. Never. Until Christ comes back and makes us into his own likeness, which is not going to happen on this side of eternity, we will never be this perfect replicas of Christ. We will crumble under that pressure of of, uh, having to live these sorted lives. We cannot be people's Messiah. We cannot be people's saviors now hidden under this, this, uh, this thing of may I increase. And when people increase, they will see me. And, and then I will point them to Jesus hidden under all of this is actually a false and wretched belief that, Hey, my life needs to make Christ look good. I'm afraid that if they look only to Jesus, if I tell them about Jesus directly, they might not like him. My life needs to make Jesus look good. What a wretched way to think. If we are if you are thinking, hey, I'm afraid when if people look at just Jesus, they won't like him. We've assumed in our own hearts that we have the ability. be more attractive than christ that when people come they'll see our life and think of christ so it's important to constantly remind ourselves that hey i am not the christ i am not the messiah this might be a truth in our head but it needs to come down into our hearts i cannot save people i am not people's savior i don't have the solutions Christ is the only solution. He alone is the Messiah and John does that. Why is it important for people around us to know that we are not the Messiah? It will be such a sad thing when the world in need of a savior looks to us and sees only us and not Christ. If they're seeing only us and our sort of successful and sorted life and are not able to see beyond us or not able to see Christ in us, it will be such a wretched thing. It will be such a sad thing. It's imperative that we must decrease for Christ to increase in the eyes of men and women around us. So that's the first thing we decrease by seeing and showing who we are not. Now let's see how we decrease by seeing and showing who we actually are. What does John do when they come and ask him, who are you? Uh, He says, I am not the Christ. Then they ask him, who are you? Are you a prophet? John says, no. Are you Elijah? Because, Uh, the followers of uh, followers of the god of the bible in those days believed that before the messiah would come elijah one of their prophets would come so they ask him are you the elijah then he says no and then they finally ask him tell us who you are we need to go and tell the people who sent us john replies in the words of isaiah the prophet he says i am The voice of the one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Now, John could have said various things which could have been right and would have put the spotlight on him. Now, he was the prophetic voice that ended the 400 period of silence. God sent John to speak to his people. Yet when people asked him, are you the prophet? He says, no. Now, Jesus himself talking about John in Matthew chapter 11, verses 14. He says, and if you are willing to accept, he is the Elijah who was to come. But when people ask him, hey, are you the Elijah? He says, no only thing with so many things to his credit the only thing he says he is is the voice of witness that is preparing for the lord the messiah to come now i don't know if you've seen any wrestling matches uh if you if if you've seen some wwe matches uh or some wrestling matches there is this announcer who nobody can see who is introducing these fighters? He goes like weighing two twenty-five pounds, the world's heavyweight champion, and then that that whoever the fight wrestler is. Now, no one can see this announcer. Everyone can see only that wrestler. But all the skills of the announcer, in terms of the quality of his voice, in terms of his ability to modulate and capture the attention of the audience, works towards throwing the spotlight on the wrestler. John was that kind of voice. The writer of this book, he he sees how John the Baptist conducts himself and he says in, in John chapter 1 verses 7 and 8, he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now, we living in our day and age here are also called to be this voice of witness. This is who we are. We are called to be a voice of witness to this savior who came to to remove the penalty of sin and who's coming back again to remove the very presence of sin. Jesus himself gave us this identity when he says in Acts chapter 1 verses 8, he says, But you will receive the power of when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus himself calls us witnesses. That is who we are. Now we may have various different identities like John. Like John was was in fact the prophet, was in fact the Elijah who was to come, but John threw light on the fact that he was just a witness to the Savior to come. Now, this doesn't mean that all of us quit our jobs and go into the wilderness and shout in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. He's coming. No, that is that is that is not where I'm going. We are called to be witnesses to the ends of the earth, wherever God has placed us, our workplaces, our neighborhoods. We are called to be witnesses to this Savior. We are called to be just a voice of witness to this savior our culture why 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 do we need to see ourselves just as witnesses to and, and throw the spotlight on Jesus and not us because our culture celebrates being in the spotlight we enjoy being in the spotlight and being noticed at work. We are especially in this COVID day and age when people actually are working from home and nobody can see we are doing at our best to show our superiors, our bosses and get recognition for the work that we are actually doing. Our culture celebrates being in the spotlight. We're constantly thinking if I do this, how will this affect me? If I say this, how will people look at me? What, will, what impression will people get of me? We're constantly working towards making sure we look as good as we can be. Now, friends, as Christians, we have this unique privilege and freedom to offer the world something that is way bigger than us something that is way greater than us something that is much more beautiful than our own selves we are just called to to shift the spotlight on jesus we do not need to make much of ourselves we are called to make much of him i know this is a struggle for all of us uh, let me talk about my own struggle um, it, the, you know, the, one of the one of the areas in which I struggle the most in this aspect is preaching. Um, while preaching, I'm literally the voice, right? And and for 30 minutes, all eyes are on me, literally. And on Zoom, you're literally in the spotlight. The biggest struggle for me is when I'm preparing is the need to come, up to come up with something that sounds intelligent and smart so that people go, Oh, wow, I didn't see that. That is so awesome. Now, how does this play out in my prep? I spend a lot of time just looking at that one smart thing in my own ability instead of looking to Jesus and what he has to say, instead of just surrendering to the Holy Spirit and what he wants me to say from that passage. I spend a lot, I I go into a lot of pressure during sermon prep thinking, Hey, what will this sermon say about me? How will people look at me and think of me after this sermon? What a wretched way to prepare for a sermon. But friends, I struggle with that. Now, if, if, uh, Something as good as preaching where I'm literally trying to throw the light on Jesus. If, if there's a struggle in an area like that, I can only imagine the struggle that we face at our workplaces. The same struggle is true even in, in my daily life, even in, in, uh, in my marriage. I struggle to be a good husband because I'm constantly thinking, hey, how will this make me look good? How will this make me come off as right? How will this, how will this make me look like a better husband? And, and the, and I do not focus on shining the light to Christ who is actually the savior of our marriage, who actually holds us together. I struggle to turn the spotlight on Jesus, even in my relationships. I know this is a struggle I know it's a struggle, especially in workplaces, in cutthroat competition places that we, we work in. But friends, there is so much freedom in not making life all about ourselves. You know, the profesh- a, a, a professional Christian counselor who's, who also happens to be a good friend and a person I look up to, she once said, when we choose to die to ourselves, the replacement is Christ. When I choose to say, hey, I don't want my way here and die to myself and say, I want to decrease, the replacement is Christ himself. And that was that was what Paul said when he said, yet not I, but Christ in me. When I, when I, when I choose to say, I don't want to make this about me and say, Lord, have your way. The replacement for us is Christ. Why would I want to have it any other way? There is so much freedom in saying, Lord, less of me and more of you. Amrita's prayer was such a beautiful uh, demonstration of that. I tend to make my life about my own ambitions, my own goals. There is no greater pressure than coming under the pressure of our own dreams and ambitions. When we choose to say, Lord, I surrender. More of you have your way, less of me. There's so much freedom in that. John could care very less very little about how he came about he lived one of the most wacky lifestyles and and he came to be a voice preparing uh, people uh, for jesus and he came calling people to repent of their sinfulness and be ready for jesus and he did just that and in uh and, and in an instance He went to call on the king of that time. He went to call him out on his sinfulness, King Herod. And that ended up uh, leading him to a prison and eventually being beheaded. John didn't think, if I do this, what will people think of me? No, he was worried about turning the spotlight to Jesus. Not himself. So just realizing we are mere witnesses to Jesus helps us make less of ourselves and more of him. So we decrease by seeing who we are not. We are not the saviors. We, we don't need to have the solutions. We are, we don't need to be sorted. Helps us surrender and say, Jesus, more of you and less of me. And by realizing that we are just witnesses, we are just announcers of Jesus we are just spotlight throwers on Jesus helps us reduce and have more of him now i realize that it is not as easy as i say it is there's so much difference even though i know that the replacement for me when i say less of me is christ i still my heart still struggles to say less of me may i decrease This is because of our own sinfulness, friends. We, by since birth, by birth, we must acknowledge that we are spotlight stealers. We are glory stealers. We do steal the spotlight away from Jesus. Friends, the answer is in Jesus. I'll close with this. How does Jesus make this kind of decreasing possible? John the Baptist, he gives us the answer. He says, Hey, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. How do we behold him? Let's look at Jesus. Jesus, knowing our glory stealing tendencies. He stepped into this world of glory and spotlight stealers. And he didn't come to say, Hey, I must actually increase and forcefully turn the spotlight upon himself. No, he didn't do that. He didn't come in the most glorious way possible so that every eye will turn to him. And, uh, and, and uh, he didn't forcefully turn the spotlight upon himself. He decided to humble himself and decrease in a way that we never can. And friends, here's the thing. Jesus didn't just do it because uh, of being a good example. Hey, see me. I did this. Now follow me. No, Jesus did it on our behalf. A follower of Jesus, um, Paul, he says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. He says, who being in very nature God, Jesus was God himself, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness, and being found in an appearance as a man. Picture this, friends. God in all his glory. He's the same same God who, in the Old Testament, when Moses said, I want to see you, he said, no, you can't see me and survive. I am so glorious. You can't even look at me and survive. The same God decreasing and wearing human skin and stepping Being made, found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This decreasing of Jesus, Jesus did it on our behalf. Because we can never decrease and humble ourselves in our own strength. Jesus did it on our behalf. It is only by looking at this Jesus, when we know that this is the God I worship, only then I will be able to say, may you increase and may I decrease. When we look at Jesus and how he humbled himself in our place, he didn't need to do it, but he did for our sin. And shame. Now, before we go into communion, uh, I'd like to do a, a small, uh, reflective and interactive prayer. Um, I, it'll come up on the screen for us. This, this prayer was penned by um, Raphael Cardinal Mary. Uh, and it's a very, very powerful prayer. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed.
1: Deliver me, Jesus.
0: From the desire of being loved.
1: Deliver me, Jesus.
0: The, now, now, don't get this wrong. This, being, the desire of being loved in itself is not a wrong thing. But if, if that is my driving motivation and if that is uh, that is driving me and I make an idol of that, it, it's going to... Uh, that is sin. that That is going to lead us to big disappointment. From the desire of being extolled... Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored...
1: Deliver me, Jesus.
0: From the desire of being praised...
1: Deliver me, Jesus.
0: From the desire of being preferred to others
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the desire of being consulted
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the desire of being approved
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the fear of being humiliated
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the fear of being despised deliver me from the fear of suffering rebukes
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the fear of being forgotten
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the fear of being ridiculed
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the fear of being wronged
1: deliver me jesus
0: from the fear of being suspected
1: for
0: me, Jesus. I hope that we are able to resonate with these prayers that others may be loved more than I
1: Jesus grant me the grace to desire it
0: that others may be esteemed more than I
1: Jesus grant me the grace to desire it
0: that in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease.
1: Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it.
0: That others may be chosen and I set aside.
1: Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it.
0: That others may be praised and I unnoticed.
1: Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it.
0: That others may be preferred to me in everything.
1: Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it
0: that others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should.
1: Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it.
0: Amen.